Today is the day of salvation. Only trust Him. He will save you. He will save you now. What a wonderful Savior He is. Isaiah chapter 55. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye by and eat. Yea, come by wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat <clears throat> yea, that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me here, and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. For ye shall go out with joy, and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall <clears throat> come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name and for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. All right. So we're back on our study. The whole armor of God. And we will be uh, in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. All right, we begin with the helmet of salvation. And we saw that salvation brings a new heart and a new mind, along with a helmet of eternal protection for that new heart and that new mind. All right, we're going to try to just kind of jump through what we've already been through because. Pretty much all of us have been here uh, through this study. All right, We saw in Philippians 4, 8 that we are told to think upon these things. The helmet protects what? The mind. When God saves you, He gave you a new heart 
And along with that new heart, He gave you a new mind. That heart represents the very deepest part of you, your soul. That part of you that God gave to His Son before the foundation of the world. You're His. You're in His hand. Nothing can pluck you from His hand. Nothing, Paul said, can separate you from His love. All right, we saw uh, in Philippians 4, 8 once again that Paul said, think on these things, the things that are honest, things that are just, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things of good report, things of virtue, things of praise. And we can sum all those up by saying, think on godly things. Think on spiritual things. Think into and on God's Word. Look into God's Word. And uh, we saw in Romans 12 too, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. By what? The renewing of your mind. Remember that? Who renews your mind? It's the Lord, isn't it? It's the Holy Spirit of God that continues to bring you back to what He taught you when He saved you. And that is that Jesus Christ is the only Savior. He is the only hope of mankind for life. All right. In times of distress, in times of pain or problems or sickness, I remember... Uh, my daddy used to say, keep your head up now. Keep your head up. Keep your chin up. What that meant was, don't let the situation get you down so that you forget who you are or who it is that's for you and in you and who it is that loves you. Keep your chin up. Keep your head up. The helmet of salvation causes us to keep our head up so that we can see where straight in front of us to Jesus Christ. You see, that's what we're doing as we live this life for Him. We're keeping our eyes on Him, aren't we? Absolutely. It's like having blinders on the old mule. If he looked off to the side and saw something, a rabbit or something running off to the side, if he saw it, he'd spook, wouldn't he? But by keeping his eyes pointed straight ahead, He was looking at the destination, wherever he was headed, and he kept his mind on that destination. He wasn't distracted. And so we pointed out that the helmet also keeps our vision straightforward to our goal or to our destination in this walk of life. All right. Now, last week, we combined the next... uh, element or instrument and again as we know i I didn't uh, go by the order that paul has the armor of god in uh, in ephesians chapter 6 but i started at the top with the helmet and then we've moved to the sword of the spirit and we see in ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16 let's say above all taking the shield of faith The shield of faith. Do you have the shield of faith? Do you believe? It's already been asked one time this morning. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior? That He died on the cross for you personally? 
You are an individual that God created. He hasn't forgotten you. He will never forget you. Do you believe in Him as your Savior? If you do, then you do have this shield of faith, this trust, this belief in Him, this standing on Him and His principles. Where did that shield of faith come from? The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the author of your faith and your trust in Him, your love of Him. And praise God, He's the finisher of it too. And you see in that that He cannot lose His grip on you. He's got you and that eternally. You are His eternally. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. All of the fiery darts of the wicked. All of these temptations that Satan throws at you. All of these diversions that Satan throws at you. Yes, we are in a spiritual warfare. That's what Paul is teaching us here. Our enemies, they are spiritual. And they are in high places. Darkness in high places. Over in Romans 8, we're told that all things work together for our good. If we love Him, those that are called for His purpose, all things, all these things that we go through, these temptations, these diversions, again, that Satan continually throws at us and puts in our path with the shield of faith, we shall be able to quench all There's that word all again. All things work together for our good. All of the fiery darts of Satan we are able to quench because of this powerful faith that we've been given. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. This is verse 17 in Ephesians chapter 6. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We looked at uh, this word take. It's also receive. He's talking about salvation, our salvation. And we pointed out that our salvation, yes, it's a free gift from God. But we need to take it, we need to put it on, in that we need to live it, don't we? And our life that we live each day begins with our thoughts, doesn't it? We wake up, we're thinking about something. Maybe it's that crazy dream we had that maybe Satan put in our path to divert us away from the Lord Jesus. Whatever, maybe it's the worries of the day. But it starts there, doesn't it? It does. And so our thought processes need to start where? With the sword. With the Word of God. Take the helmet of salvation and we need to put our salvation on or live it. Yes, it starts with our thoughts, but then it goes into our words. It goes into our actions and our deeds and the way we walk in our daily life, doesn't it? It does. Oh, we are compassed about, we're told, with a great cloud of witnesses. I don't think that includes the people down here that are watching us because they're watching too, aren't they? So important that we follow 
the Lord Jesus. Okay. So, oh, I wanted us to notice, uh, Paul didn't just come up with this. Paul is teaching from the Old Testament. I'm, I'm sure most of you realize that. But, uh, let's see. Let's turn back to Isaiah, almost where we were. Isaiah chapter 59. Isaiah 59. Let's see. Yes, Isaiah 59. We'll begin reading Isaiah 59 in verse 12. Isaiah 59, 12 says, For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord, and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood, there's a natural man, and judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. Verse 16 said, And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. What's he talking about? He's talking about the fact that there was no man who kept the law. None. Nor would they be after that. Until Jesus Christ. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm, who's at the right hand of God? Jesus Christ, isn't it? His arm brought salvation unto him, unto mankind. And his righteousness, it sustained him. So God sent a man, didn't He? The man Jesus Christ. He didn't sin. His righteousness sustained Him, see. And praise God, it did. He kept the law for you. He kept the law for me. Oh, thank you, Lord. I was a failure. And I saw that I was. Because He showed it to me. Alright, verse 17. For He put on righteousness as a breastplate. Sounds familiar, don't it? This is where Paul was making reference to, isn't it? When he was writing this letter to the Ephesians. For he put on the righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garment of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Oh, as we attempt and strive to live and be like Jesus Christ, oh, pray that we would have that zeal that he had zealous for good works, we're told. After it, wanting it, desiring it, loving it, living into it. What a Savior. Alright. Back to our text. I want us to notice something about this sword this morning. Can you read that back there, Dave? Yes. 
It is the sword of the Spirit, right? Y'all already know I'm no artist. But that's the sword. Kind of looks like a fish, don't it? I would draw a sword that looks like a fish. All right. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4. Let's go ahead and turn there while we're talking about it. Hebrews chapter 4. Right, let's start in verse 11. Hebrews 4.11 says, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. We're in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit under the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now let's notice this verse. For the Word of God is quick and powerful. Now you know I'm going to look into these words. That word quick, the Word of the Lord is quick. Look it up. It's zeo. It is a primary verb that means to live. Or to be alive. Is it fast? The Word of God? Yes. When He saved me, He saved me just like that. But the Word of God is alive to those who are spiritually living in Jesus Christ. Those who have that trust, that belief, that faith that Jesus Christ is the author of. The Word is alive. It's living. It's not just black words on white pages anymore, is it? No. It's life that feeds and nourishes our spirit. Our new man. Our new person. Alright. For the Word of God is quick and powerful. And that word powerful, energase, if you will, means effectual power. What does effectual power mean? It means power that cannot fail, don't it? Power that cannot fail. You're in the hands of a mighty God. And no one can thwart His hand or His plan or His desire for you. Oh, He's a great Savior, isn't He? All right. For the Word of God is still in... uh, Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is quick and powerful. We got there. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Well, I drew a two-edged sword up here. You can tell it. That's a two-edged sword. And for those of you who are uh, listening to this message only, so I've drawn a sword up there. The name of the sword is the Spirit of God. For it is the sword of the Spirit. It has two edges, one on the top as I've got it drawn, and one on the bottom. Now I want us to think about that a little bit. Two edges. We already know how sharp it is because in verse 12 we're told that it pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. That's your deepest being that God created you to be, isn't it? It is. Then he goes on and explains it physically so you'll understand it. 
Even the dividing, I mean, even divides the joints and the marrow. Now, if you look into a body, when you get to the bones, what's inside that bone is the marrow. That's as deep as it goes, y'all. That's as deep as it goes, isn't it? Yes. And this two-edged sword of the Word of God, wielded by the Spirit of God, cuts as deep as it goes into your person, into your soul, your spiritual being. All right. I want to notice a couple other things. Let's see what will show up up there. Maybe this blue will. It's a two-edged sword. For one thing, when the Lord reveals His Word to us, He reveals His law. Right? When He revealed Himself to me, He revealed to me that I was a failure when it comes to the law. That I didn't, wouldn't, and couldn't ever keep it on my own. That cut me. That cut me deep. I thought I was a pretty good old feller. But I wasn't. God revealed that to me by cutting me with the Ten Commandments. By cutting me with the law in the Old Testament. He cut down deep as deep as it gets down into my soul. Revealed myself, me to myself. He revealed myself to me. However you want to say it. I saw myself through different eyes. My pride just fell on the ground. I had nothing to be proud of because I hadn't obeyed God's Word. I hadn't kept His law. And the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, through the Spirit, showed me that. And through that, what did I see? A desperate person without any hope in and of himself. The law convicts convicts us of sin, and yes, it cuts us to the heart. It reveals that we have a heart of stone toward God. And oh, it shows our need of Jesus Christ, doesn't it? Because as we read, His righteousness sustained Him. His righteousness sustains you this morning. You're standing strong on the truth of Jesus Christ because of His righteousness and what it did when He gave up the life of righteousness and allowed His blood to be shed for you. Oh, it's a wonderful thing when we get cut down, isn't it? It is. Because then we can look past ourselves and our pride and the confidence we have in our own abilities. Not just to do, but to plan and decide the future for ourselves. Oh, it's a blessing. And then the other side of that knife 
that two-edged sword, I call it a knife. Is the gospel of Jesus Christ. He cut me down with the sword of the Spirit naturally when He showed me that I didn't keep His law and again that I not only couldn't but would never have even cared to. Oh, but then then He cut me with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He showed me Himself. Took me out of the picture, my ability, my desires, and put Him into focus. Oh, is He a great Savior or what? The Gospel cuts down all the goodness that we think or thought existed in mankind. True goodness doesn't exist in the natural man, does it? No. All good things come from above. All good things are from the Lord. Oh, He is a great Savior, isn't He? Great Savior. The Gospel provides the perfect substitute where there was none. Even Isaiah said, God said, there is no intercessor. And he sent one, didn't he? He sent himself in the person of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. All right, let's continue. We're in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the Word of God is quick, alive, powerful. None can stay His hand sharper than any two-edged sword that cuts by showing us ourselves and our inability to keep the law of God and to please Him, our inability to please Him. Even to the dividing sunder of soul and spirit, again, that's the deepest part of you. Compared to the joints and marrow, there is no depth greater. And... This Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Not only the discerner or the understander or the hearer or the seer, but you see, when God opened my eyes by His Word through the power of the Holy Spirit, He changed my thoughts. He changed the intent of my heart, you see. By the power of His Word that's alive, it's living. And praise God, it is in the hand of God the Holy Spirit. See, God has promised that His Word would never return unto Him void. And it doesn't because it's in the hand of the Holy Spirit of God who knows the mind of God. He knows the names in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we are entrusted to Him in His power and strength to keep us in that forever. Verse 13 says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in His sight. He doesn't just know my thoughts and my intents that He gave me freely when He changed my heart from that stone, stony heart we talked about earlier into a soft heart that loves Him. 
but he knows everybody. Is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight? He sees all things. But all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. Stand. Having on the whole armor of God. Hold fast our profession or stand on his truth. Stand for his truth. For we have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Praise God. Yet without sin. There's your qualifying substitute right there. That's him. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. What was the next thing beside, uh, behind the, the uh, helmet in the Spirit? was prayer, wasn't it? Absolutely. Counting on Him, running to Him in all of our needs. He is the great provider. Oh, I hope you trust in Him this morning. I hope you realize that there is no other name by which we must be saved but by the name of Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, the eternal Savior. Today is the day of salvation. He is a great Savior.